Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Russ Sam, and I'm a recovered compulsive reader from North South Pennsylvania. Today is June 26, 2021. 2021. Today we're reading from the big book, and we are on uh, page 67, the first paragraph. We're reading one paragraph, and we're starting with, we avoid retaliation or argument. All right. Today's readers are, for the 12 steps, we have Loretta H. The traditions, we have Babylon A. The first reader that's going to be reading the text is, is Lauren N. Second reader is Joni C. She'll be reading 164. And our backup reader is Elena C. We have newcomer reader Jason K. And second hour moderator Matt J. All right. We have our reference numbers for yesterday, June 23rd, 2020. That's Thursday, June 23rd. 7 a.m. is 17,217. That's 17217. And the 10 a.m. meeting is 17,218. 17218. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals through who, through experience, shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting or accepting outside donations. OA is affiliated with is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of overeaters anonymous. I've asked Loretta H. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Russ. Thank you for your service and everybody who does service on this line and everybody who's on this line saving my life today. Loretta H., compulsive overeater, recovered in Raleigh, North Carolina. These are the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory. And when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 
and 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive bell breeders and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you very much for letting me do service. Happy day. Thanks, Loretta. I will now ask Davoni to read the 12 traditions. Good morning. My name is Davalyn E. and I am a compulsive eater living in Manitoba, Canada. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Pass. Thank you, Davlin. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your share to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. So today, we resume our study on page 67, the first paragraph of the big book, and um, we avoid retaliation or argument. And we're gonna just read that paragraph. And I have asked Lauren to read 
Ross, thank you very much, Lauren and Compulsive Operator Sugar Addict from New York. We avoid retaliation or argument. We wouldn't treat a sick, sick people that way. If we do, we destroy our chance of being helpful. We cannot be helpful to all people, but at least God will show us how to take a kind, kindly and tolerant view of each and every one. Thank you all for allowing today by reading this paragraph. This chapter, but this paragraph, these last sentence of last paragraph and this paragraph has changed the way I react to people. One of them today is to be helpful and to be of service to others. And it's only by doing that that I can stay. And I get to remember every single time I'm or I have a little um, judgmental thought crazy in my head that I doing the same to myself if I treated another that way. That I am as sick, if not sicker, than the next fellow. And all I have to do is treat them with total compassion and remember that it is, it could be me or it is me because what goes on in my head is often the same stuff as what goes on outside. I can be helpful to God only when, uh, Helpful to myself and helpful to God only when I'm tolerant of each and every one out there. Thank God for 10 steps. I get to remember that all the time throughout the day. Thank God for the, the buzzer on my phone that reminds me to pray and reminds me to be thankful and grateful. Because sometimes I forget. I have a built-in forgetter in my head. I wake up in the morning and I'm still not feeling right. But as soon as I hear you guys and I get on this line and I do my prayers and I say my my um, uh, uh, affirmations, I remember that I can be kind and loving to everyone because that's what I'm told and what I'm taught. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Russ. Thanks, Lauren. Appreciate that. So now we're going to open up the lines for sharing. And um, although we value experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so others might share their experience. Too. So if you're, you shared yesterday or Wednesday, please step back and give someone else a shot. And um, take it easy on me. Now, who, who would like to share on what we just read? You have to take that easy. Rachel K. Right. E. Jackie. All right, we got we got Rachel. Larry Larry K. Janet B. Rich K. Barbara. Sarah L. Vanessa L. Liz E. U K. All right, hold on. 
So I got Rachel, Barbara. I missed someone. I know I got Larry there. I know I got Melissa. Uh, I heard Liz and someone Janet. in between. There you go, Janet. Dara L. Ah, oh, Dara. That's it. That's it. But we are missing one. One more between Barbara and Larry. Who, who was that? Was that Janet? You know what? Let's just go with this group. I'll catch you on the second round. We have Rachel K, Barbara E, Larry K, Melissa C, Janet B, Liz E from the UK, and Dara L. Rachel K, you're up. Star one, please. There we go. I think I got the unmute. Uh right now um i'm rachel k compulsive overeater from california yeah thank you um you know a long time ago i accepted that i can't there are certain things that i can't do like other people um you know other people can eat spontaneously i need to follow a plan and, and have humility around that other people can have certain food items like sugar and flour I am not made, uh, God didn't make me like other people. I can't do that. But I still think that I can be a right fighter like other people, that as long as I'm right, as long as my, you know, I am self-righteous, um, I, can, I can fight for my side. And somebody on this meeting very wisely has said, I, I can't afford to have a side, um, and this comes up for me, um, I will say, in political arguments, in political things, I want to have a side. And, you know, it, it's even though I, I fully accept, you know, I don't go around thinking, well, why can't I have, you know, dessert or why can't I eat such and such? I still, you know, well, why can't I make this point? Why can't I show this person why they're wrong? Why can't I? Why can't I? And that is complete lack of humility. I, I can't. I am physically and bodily unlike my fellows in that respect. I can't afford that because to, it, it, to retaliate or argue for me is to die. It eventually, this is a fatal progressive disease for me it leads down the road, not just to unhappiness and uncomfortableness and also making other people's lives miserable. Um, it's to eventually die a slow, ugly death. Um, so, because this is a serious disease. So I have to remember, you know, it, it's not, and I was reminded again last night, it's not fairness is our code. It's love and tolerance is our code. Um, and so there, there's a situation today where I want to stand up from my side and I just have to remember, no, that's better left to people who can handle standing up for their side or, or my side or whoever's side. Love and tolerance is my code. Um, and not only, you know, because it's, it shows humility and tolerance, but because I will end up feeling so much better. Um, I won't have that spiritual hangover that I always have 
when I get in the middle of right fighting. So anyway, thank you very much for calling on me. Uh, I hope everybody has a great Friday, and I pass. Thank you, Rachel. Next up is Barbara E. followed by Larry Kay. Good morning, everyone. It is Barbara E. of Volume Compulsive Overeater in New Jersey. And Russ, thank you for your calm, tempered um, service to this meeting. You are very, very, very dignified. Well, when we say we avoid retaliation, to me it means my action of harming someone because I feel they've harmed me. So I seek revenge, which definitely harms my serenity. If I pray to my higher power and pause and listen, I often hear whispered in my ear, be kind, say nothing unless it's kind and loving and tolerant, especially as was said, when people have differing opinions from mine, respecting their views and not arguing, trying to convince them that I'm right and they're wrong, and where there's discord in my own family, relax, say nothing to exacerbate the situation. If I can't bring harmony, be quiet. Don't get dragged into the conflict. Don't take sides. If I'm quiet, I'm more likely to see God's clarity. I heard a member once say she practices CIP, C, continue to take personal inventory, I, improve her conscious contact with God, and P, pass it on to others. If I do that, I'm more likely to avoid the desire to strike back when I'm angry, and I'm human, so I will experience disturbances, but I can learn to be more helpful to the people I encounter, and the humility to know that God is my leader, keeping me on my true course, and keeping me off the rumble strip that tells me I'm drifting out of my lane. And we're all in this together, supporting each other, reaching out to others for help realizing I can't be helpful to all people, but with God's good orderly direction, I can be better today than I was yesterday, more tolerant, more loving, more kind, and with good orderly direction, I might even be more loving tomorrow. So when my husband, who was quite deaf, argues with me and says, you didn't say that, Barbara, when I fully know that I did, I won't retaliate and argue and say, you're deaf. How many times have I told you you need hearing aids? God saved me from being angry. I'll just accept that it's his choice and smile and repeat my question or statement, not responding in an angry, negative tone. That wouldn't be kind and it certainly wouldn't be tolerant. And also learning to say, I was wrong, I'm sorry, I don't know, please help me, thank you, and be following the principles of our program to inspire us all to be better one day at a time. Thanks, Barbara. Next up is Larry Kay, followed by Melissa. Hey, Russ. Remember when Joe hey. Carter hit that walk-off home run Stop. against the Phillies? And Stop. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. Talk about resentment. <laughs> talk about anger. 
Okay, a little baseball reference there. Get Russ riled up here. Um, you know, we're reminded here to avoid retaliation and argument. It's tough. I was thinking about retaliation as a concept used in military strategy. You know, like when one country's attacked, they retaliate with a counterattack. A counterattack. And, you know, and, and, and the U.S. in the 1950s, just one example, they, they, they adopted a policy of what was called massive retaliation which was the idea that we're going to rely on kind of massive, massive retaliation. And um, boy, can I rely, spent most of my life, I won't just retaliate, there's going to be some massive retaliation. And you know, it's kind of a, it's, it's the you hurt me, I hurt you loop. And it's endless. It's endless. You know, and and it, and it's interesting to me because because when I think about it, it you know, um, I believe on some level that I've been taken advantage of, that I've been cheated, I've been tricked, I've been gaslighted. I'm gonna I'm gonna get you right, and it's it's that hurt, and I get into that loop right, and so there's a co common for me there's a common core characteristic, uh, you know that that's at the bottom of these provocations and. You know, what, I, what I'd suggest is that at the deepest root of all my, you know, all the perceived affronts that make me mad, it's the fear that I'm not good enough. It's that nanosecond before I react with anger. My expectations, or on, on a more fundamental level, my self-image is taking a hit. You've gaslighted me, you know? And, and you know, and for us, self-righteous revenge is the road for me. Self-righteous revenge, it's the road, it's a beautiful, lovely road to cake and ice cream and donuts and pizza. You know, but with God's help, these steps as a way of life, there's a better way. Because there's no winner when I'm stuck in the quicksand of resentment and retaliation because my heart becomes hardened and there's no room for love and there's no room for grace and there's no room for God. I need another way. Thanks, Russ. With that, I pass. Thanks, sir. I forgive you. <laughs> Melissa, C Melissa C's up next by Jennifer. Hey, uh, hi. Good morning, Ross. Thanks so much for your service this morning and your good, easygoing way. It's truly appreciated. Um, my name is Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in New York and. Yeah, I mean, I love this paragraph, and I, but I can't really read it in isolation. I kind of have to look back at the one that came before just for a moment because, it, we're, you know, the paragraph before it says that, that people are sick and we don't like symptoms, right? Their symptoms are, are the things that disturb us. And, and then so um, when I look at that, I think, well, my gosh, of course I want to have some tolerance for their symptoms and not take their symptoms on myself, right? It's like if someone were sick um, and I'm in their company, I want to be, you know, I don't want to get what they've got, right? So why would I want to start engaging with them, um, you know, having arguments and, and getting them back? And, you know, when I look at the word tolerant, um, it's a word that I've really – um, it's a spiritual word for me. It really is, and it moves me because it's not just stomach the people, you know, and the things that 
disturb me, that pissed me off. But it means that I'm not sensitive to the symptoms of sick people. And and how do I build up this thicker skin? You know what I found? That tolerance means like, almost like um, if you build up a tolerance to a certain drug, you know, or a certain um, stimulus, it, it, you're not as sensitive to the effects of it. And that's where I need God, because God makes me less sensitive. My oversensitivity is self-centeredness, and I can't remove it on my own. So I need to go to God with this. And, you know, and I found out, um, you know, retaliation doesn't just happen, like, in getting people back, you know, in my actions and my words, but it means I stop fantasizing about them you know, getting theirs. Like, you know, I used to cling to this thought of karma. You know, um, sometimes I didn't have the bravery. You know, the voice, I didn't feel safe enough to say what I wanted to say. But I clung to the thought that someday they were going to get theirs as if, as if I had a direct line to God and what his plan was for sick people. And tolerance doesn't mean I do that anymore either. You know, this morning I almost... I almost texted back a colleague, you know, to retaliate and, and use my words to show them how smart I am, really is what it is. And thank God for this program because I started the text and I deleted it. And I say, like, that's good use of the will. I can't rely on willpower to keep me out of the food, but I can certainly rely on willpower to delete a text and let God be God and um you know, and wish the sick people in my life well. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thanks, Melissa. Next up is Janet B., followed by Lizzie in the UK. Hi, good morning. This is Janet B., recovered from compulsive eating and bulimia in New Jersey. Um, Thanks, Russ. Thanks, everyone. As I'm reading this paragraph, my eyes light where it says, at least God will show us how to take a kindly and tolerant view of each and every one. Um, And I think, boy, that's really nice of God. Like I've got this resentment and he's showing me how to be kindly and tolerant. And I go back a page where it tells me how bad resentment is. It says, when harboring such feelings of resentment, we shut ourselves off from the sunlight of the spirit. So basically, if I've got a resentment, I've slammed the door between myself and God. And then I'm in big trouble because I need his protection. So I'm the one who slammed the door by having my childish, you know, emotional temper tantrums and thinking I'm right and all my pride. And what does God do? Does he say, Janet, you slammed this door. Now, you, now it's stuck. You open it. He doesn't. I'm looking back at, you know, the top of 67, and the word God is all over here. It says, we ask God, meaning we pray, to help us show them tolerance, pity, and patience. So I'm asking God to soften my heart. God, I slam this door, but I need you to soften my heart. And then I go even further. I say, God, save me from being angry. I need to be rescued from my own anger. And this God who I slammed the door on is the one who needs to rescue me. And then even more so, God's going to save me. God's going to help me. And now God's going to show me how to take a kindly and tolerant view of each and every one. 
which is so necessary, right? Because our book tells us that um, our very that our very thoughts of others, our constant thought of others, and how we can help meet their needs is what's going to save our life. So this God, who I slam the door on, softens my heart, rescues me, and then not only removes my resentments, but shows me how I can be helpful to the people who have hurt me, essentially opening the door between myself and him. That is a God I can fall in love with. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Janet. And I forgot to let everybody know where we're at, so if you jumped on a little later, we're on page 67, the first paragraph. We're just going to read that paragraph. We avoid retaliation or argument. So next up is Lizzie, followed by Dara Star one, Liz. Oh, hi, sorry. Liz E for Elegant from the UK. Um, I'm feeling very wobbly today because I've relapsed and it's just really horrible to have to come and say that, but I need to be honest and share my truth. And um, But I'm just so grateful for everybody to be here and that this meeting is here. And I've had an amazing conversation with my sponsor and I'm going back to step one and starting again and looking to have a deeper and more meaningful spiritual experience. And um, I clearly have had this coming for a few weeks. Um, So just really to encourage anybody who's struggling, reach out, speak to a recovered person. Um, and particularly for me today, it's been very hard saying goodbye to all my sponsees and letting go of them because I cannot be helpful to them um, today because I am not recovered, and that's really tough. Um, so that we cannot be helpful to all people is me needing to be really humble and be very honest and open with people and we can't be helpful to i can't be helpful to all people anyway because i just can't and i like this word we because this is a we program this isn't just about me or i this is about how we all get together in fellowship and how we all recover and yeah um love to hear from anybody who wants to do an outreach and I'll leave it there. Thanks a lot, everyone. And I'll pass. Thanks, Liz. Appreciate it. Next up is Dara L. And we're going to take a moment listening to that. Great. Thank you so much for your service. I'm Dara L. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Philadelphia. I'm so grateful for the meeting up to this point. It's been really illuminating and just grateful for everyone's vulnerability. Um, so I'm going to share that the first conversation I ever had with my sponsor um, 
this current sponsor uh, in this current stretch of of being recovered, um, she said to me, you know, gosh, Dara, think about how useful you're going to be. Think about how useful your story is going to be at some point. And I said, F that. I mean, I really did swear. And, you know, F that. I don't care about being useful to anyone. I just want to stop killing myself with food, right? Like, that's where I was. And so I'm thinking about for someone new or someone who's still in the food who's reading this paragraph, and it's like, well, you know, I don't want to be helpful, right? Like, because that's how I felt. I didn't want to be helpful. I didn't want to be useful. I just wanted to stop dying. I just wanted to stop killing myself um, with binging and purging and starving and overexercising and all the things I was trying to do and all the feelings, you know, that were happening and being suicidal and and homicidal depending on the day. Um, And, you know, I still, you know, as a person who's recovered, yes, but only has five months, like, I'm still self-centered. And so how does this paragraph, like, how can I use where I am today um, to love this paragraph and to practice it um, in each and every one of my affairs? And so I just wanted to share, you know, my conception of of a higher power. I believe in God, goddess, goddess, light, love, the spirit of the universe, right? Like, and I believe that God exists in me and in every other person on this planet as well as around us Um, and that spiritual separation is the root of all my sickness and so if I believe that well then suddenly I am motivated to help someone else I am motivated to not hold a resentment in my heart because I I know that that hurts me you know and I still I still haven't evolved to a place where I really want to just love on other people just to be a good person um but I do want to love on other people because I know that it's what's saving my life and I believe that you know I'm no different than that person that we're somehow in this vast universe of very different people um I believe that we're somehow all connected and so you know, I, I really believe in selfish service. Like, that's a huge thing that motivates me. Um, and just this idea that, like, yeah, I'm not going to be helpful to all people, but God can keep me from being harmful, right, to each and every one and keep me from being harmful uh, to myself. And the first way that I know that is because I was committing suicide with food. And uh, God stopped that, right? And so, um, yeah, I mean, I just... I. I don't know. Sometimes I listen to people who are so much more recovered than me and I'm like, oh my God, like I can't get to that love place. Um, but I certainly want to save my life each and every day. Um, and I heard my timer and uh, yeah, hopefully that was useful to someone and I'll pass. Thanks, Dara. Appreciate it. So we're in How It Works on page 67, the first paragraph, first full paragraph. avoid retaliation of arguments. And if you've uh, shared in the past couple of days, Wednesday or Thursday, please step back. Now, all those who share their experience. Who would like to share on what we read? Lisa B. All right. We got Lisa. Bill, right? Yep. Roz. Vanita L. Anita, okay. Anita J. Anita. And there was someone else. Carrie Jean B. I heard of John. Yes. And then there's one more. 
All right, let's go with this list. Of, if uh, we can get through all of them, it's going to be a great day. It was Carrie Jean. Yeah, sorry, I was trying to do it in between others before. Thanks. Carrie Jean. I, what's the first initial of your last name? B. Carrie Jean B. All right, so we're going to go with this. I hope we, hopefully we can get to everyone here. We got Lisa B, Phil M, Roz G, Anita L, Anita J, John J, Carrie Jean B. Lisa B, you're up. Oh, good morning, Russ. Thank you so much for your service. My name is Lisa. Lisa B, I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in South Carolina. And um, I really love the line that says uh, we cannot be helpful to all people. So when I first got recovered on this meeting and really became very active in this fellowship, um, you know, I felt like I needed to take every single call and every text that came in. And I, I really tried to because you know, I'm taught that selfishness is the root of my problem. I need to be of service. I need to be of service. And I just found that there were some personality styles that really were challenging for me. And uh, I, I just had a difficult time and I would turn myself inside out, you know, trying to be helpful to them, but I would get frustrated. Sometimes it would be the end of the day and I would be snappy. And I went to a sponsor and I shared this with her and she brought me to this paragraph and she helped me understand that my role today is to be of maximum service to God and the people about me. But God's going to show me if I can be helpful or not. And I also learned that humility is an acceptance and understanding of what my limitations are. Um, You know, sometimes I come across people on the phone line that are so much like me they mirror me so much that it's just, it's too difficult to talk to them. You know, I haven't evolved enough and I've had to pray and ask, can I be helpful to this person? Am I able to be of service? Sometimes they remind me of something else. I don't know what it is. Maybe I have yet to learn that they do in fact remind me of me and I just can't admit it to myself. Um, But other times I just don't have experience. I haven't been through some of the Things that they've been through, I don't know how to relate. I don't know how. But I can ask God to show me how, you know, to be how to be kind and tolerant. And sometimes kindness and tolerance for me is to distance myself, not take the call, not work with them, and not beat myself up then because I, you know, snapped at them. And I also know when I get hungry or when I'm tired, it's the end of the day. And some days, sometimes I just have off days, you know, so I don't have to be like this superstar and I can keep going to God. That's my primary relationship. That's the most important thing for me is my constant, my awareness of that relationship with God, my source. And um, that, that's the most prized, precious, loving, amazing relationship. And then I can ask that that come out through me, go out before me, and I can be of service. But sometimes I just am not able to show it in, in certain ways. But from a distance, I can. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Thanks, Lisa. Appreciate that. Next up is Phil M. Followed by Roz G. Thank you so much, Russ, for your for your service. Appreciate it. My name is Phil M, and I'm a gratefully recovered compulsive overeater from Carrick Fergus. Um, and um, just like to share a story with you. Uh, a lot of my resentments come up from crossed wires. So uh, some years ago, I was at work and I had to go, but I couldn't sort out uh, emails. So I left a message for a friend asking her, you know, to help me 
with them. Uh, the next morning I came in uh, to a message she had written and it said, I resent that message. And gosh, it panicked me. I thought, why would she resent it? And then I got angry and annoyed and said to myself, I, I thought we were friends. So when she came in, you know, about an hour later, I got myself well worked up. And I said, what do you mean by this? And uh, she simply said, oh, I resent that email message. <laughs> and I just, you know, it all melted, all the anger, all the wish for retaliation melted. <laughs> and so many times, you know, that crossed wires really get me cross. Today, um, my sister and I had crossed wires about where we were to meet up. I ended up with her sitting outside my house for 15 minutes. And it ended up with me sitting at Fisherman's Key for 15 minutes for her. Now, normally, both of us would have just, you know, <laughs> either blown up or just, you know, ignored and gone away home or whatever, you know. But thank God we're both in recovery. We're both working away the vision way. Um, and we were fine. We were fine. We apologised to each other. Uh, said you've not apologised for it with cross wires. It kind of shows me the truth of the fact that I, I heard this from someone before. I thought it was so good. Uh, Philomena, you're not a mind reader. You're barely a mind user. And <laughs> and that just, just does make me laugh. So there's a couple of other tips I'd like to pass on. Hopefully I'll have time. Um, a sponsee came up with the idea of the 14 day prayer, six months prayer. Because um, I would forget after a couple of days to do it. Her suggestion was to send a voice message to someone, you know, getting permission obviously beforehand, starting day one. Dear God, uh, I offer you this person, help me to see them as you do. You know, all the give them all the things I wish for myself and more. <clears throat> and if I do miss a day, I don't start from the beginning again. I pick it up where I left off, i.e. day seven. So that was a brilliant tip that's really helpful. And then also another wee tip playing with language because we, we, we say the prayer, this person is perhaps spiritually sick like me. Sometimes for people I find that is too harsh and for other people it is too soft. So someone suggested replacing the spiritually sick word with limited like me or even a pain in the neck like me. I just find these things so helpful and it's great to be sharing this path with you all and getting your tips. Loving, loving, loving the shares today. Thank you all very much. I pass. Thanks, Bill. Next up is Roz G, followed by Vanita L. And then I'm going to have to work on my math skills because uh, I jammed up the list on the time schedule. Sorry about that. Roz, you're up. Uh, good morning. I think I can be heard. Otherwise, you'd say I'm oh. mute. You're okay. great. Okay, great. Good morning, everybody. Um, this is Roz G. And this morning, I'm calling from Opelousas, Louisiana. Um, I'm on vacation, and I'm visiting my sister. I'm normally in Palmdale. But what I want to say is, um, it's kind of like a, a, a timely, this, this paragraph is a timely message for me, because um, this vacation, I've spent with uh, my father and my sister. And those two relationships were the most difficult in, in my in my life. Um, I didn't speak to either one for years um, because of the selfish, self-centered, self-seeking beliefs that I had about them. 
And through the years of working these steps, um, it showed me that, um, well, you know, it, the spiritually sick part is true about others. And then the, the, um, the my part and the my, my views are, um, were awry, you know. And so today, um, I don't, I mean, whether they're sick or not, I just say when, when, when it's time for me to say the sick man prayer, it's like they're sick like me or like me, this person is sick. So today, you know, I'm able to go and help, you know. So with my father, um, you know, I was able to help him in his garden and um, help him, help him do anything that he needed to do around the house because he's up there in age. And with my sister, um, just sitting and listening to her, um, just being here and not needing to have my way, just saying whatever you want to do is fine with me. We're in the country right now, so we took a a really nice walk down this beautiful row of just corn and, and vegetables and stuff. And, you know, that's being helpful, listening to somebody doing what they want to do, not having to have my way. And, you know, this step work has completely changed me. So today I have a a good relationship with my father and my sister. And at the beginning of this, um, my vacation, I got a really disturbing phone call from a program member. You know, that's never happened to me before. But I didn't retaliate. I, I don't think I reacted very nicely on the phone, but I didn't retaliate. I simply did what I needed to do, did a lot of 10 steps, went to meetings as I could. I can't go to all the meetings I want to while you're on vacation. But, you know, I can simply just be myself and be a listener, kind and loving um, to my family. And, and, you know, in this program, uh, it's hardest to work with the family. I can smile and be all nice and everything to everybody in meetings. But what about my blood relatives? Those are the most, you know, important, excuse me, I'll just, I'll just wrap up by saying those are very important relationships to me. Okay, I will, I will pass. Thank you. Thanks, Roz. Appreciate it. Next up is Benita L. Followed by Anita J. Good morning. Benita L. from Georgia, recovered compulsive overeater, not cured. Um, Yeah, this, this paragraph. I grew up in the inner city in um, New Jersey, right? And we tend to be pretty blunt. And I've I've watched it in other people who grew up like me. You know, we can be super honest, but in like a brutal kind of very blunt sort of way, and uh, and a harshness, a harshness. And I'm really that's really that edge is really been being scoured off with this program, which I'm grateful for. And I'm, yeah, it's interesting. But when I heard this paragraph this morning, I could feel the rebel in me, like, just go like, rah, you know, like, because I also do not appreciate people who are, I live in the South now, and there's a lot of people, they act all, you know, act all sort of sweet and stuff, but it's not real. So, yeah, and I have a real aversion to that. 
So I'm realizing for me listening to this that, you know, there has to be some sort of balance about being kind but also being authentic and speaking my truth but in a way that's not harsh. So sometimes it can be incredibly direct and firm when it needs to be. So I I guess I have a fear like this kind and loving everybody's going to turn into these, you know, plastic robots. But because I think God is a lot more diversity than that, and each situation requires, um, you know, it requires a little bit something different flavor to it. But it's true. I need to learn to be more kind and loving. And the way that shows up with my family, because I moved down here to be with my family, is um, most of the times I keep myself shut. I've learned to keep my mouth shut. I've learned that they don't want to hear certain things or I've said it before and just like keep my mouth shut and love them unconditionally. And if I don't like being around it much, like leave, you know? So anyway, I know I'm just processing and that's okay. Have a great day, everybody. Russ M, we're not hearing you. Looks like next up we have Anita J. Anita. Anna. Sorry about that, guys. I muted my own self. Go ahead, Anita. Okay, thank you, Russ. Russ, I like to hear your voice on a Friday. It's very calming, a male voice. I didn't know that before. Anyway, I'm Anita J. and I'm recovered in Massachusetts. And, uh, you know, when I'm in resentment, I don't feel recovered. That's the last thing I feel. And that happened this week. This week, things seemed to pile up in a day before I could undo them through working through the tent. And um, you know what happens when that happens? Is I miss the beauty. Do you know I received a package uh, from Amazon, which is an unusual since COVID. And I didn't order this one. And um, it wasn't Amazon. It was some some other sort. Anyway, the point is, in it was a beautifully framed set-aside prayer. It was in, like, calligraphy. It was, you know, covered in a glass and beautiful frame and matting. Just gorgeous. And the thank you, it was obviously a program person. Um was undecipherable to me. I could, I had no idea who that was. Anyway, we, I have figured it out since. But the thing was, I was sharing on my big book meeting that night, and I know that he is in that group. But I, the point is, I, I was in a very bad mood because I never worked through everything wrong. Yes. Tuesday night, and um, that is the shame. When I think through the years, how many times have I missed the beauty in a day before I had a way out? Because there is a way out. And there was a way out Tuesday, too. And um, it shouldn't have to have taken till Wednesday. So the, the point is, I've got to live by this every day. Some days it's no hardship at all. You joyously go from one to the other. 
and out. Some of the things I cannot, I have no control over, over that where I moved. It's made of a, some kind of a material that, that enabled that I, the, my cell phone drops at the most inopportune moments. I'm powerless over that. I gotta roll with it. I'm not the only person here with that issue. I'm just me, one one of many, and um, that's all right today. I want to be one of many, and uh, I'm not above or below. That's that's the greatest Don. gift I've received. And thank you so much. I pass. Thanks, Anita. So, John, you're going to be up. You have uh, have just about three minutes, and Carrie, we're going to have to have you wait. I, I apologize. I messed up the estimation of time. Uh, you could jump on the next meeting. Hopefully, the, the moderator will remember that. Carrie Jean B. John Jay, you're off. Star one, John. I'm a compulsive overeater. I'm glad to be on. Maybe, I'm, well, I'll just do my share. <laughs> Let you guys moderate. But thankful for this meeting. Thankful for the topic. Um, really kind of hits home. Um, I'm in a kind of a OA kind of community of uh, guys, and uh, one of the guys is kind of our fellow, but it's kind of really suffering with the food. But also, has kind of been like verbally abusive. Uh, for him, it is joking. Uh, for a lot of us, it's like insulting to be told F you, and, you know, and on one level, just kind of happy he's getting it out. But the other level is just like, man, you, you shouldn't still you shouldn't talk to people that way. Uh, and it's hard sometimes to want to take his call, but you know, it's just, uh, and sometimes even like being pushed really bad. It's just like, you know, who wants to help you? But you know, it it is a lot of selfishness on my part because I really leaned on people, lied to sponsors, <laughs> fake pictures of food, you know all of those different things. And it's just like, you know, always remembering myself and my own experience and the love and care that was shown for me and patience that was shown for me uh, and just learning to share and share that uh, with others. Um, you know, they, he is sick. I'm sick, you know, um, and, but for my higher power, for the grace of God, you know, um, I'd be I'd be into a bite, but that's all I have to share today. Grateful for the topic, and that I'll pass. Thanks, John. We have about a minute. Carrie, Carrie Jean B, if you want to jump up on there. Now I got you all confused, right? We do have about a minute. If you yeah, go ahead. Make it just super quick. That wow, this this passage. I feel this. I feel like I could read this paragraph every day. Because I've always been wired to to try to point out the other side. Like I've I've thought it, I had this great compassionate part of me that would just want to say, "Hey, look at it from the other person's point of view." But really and truly, like if if somebody comes to me and they're upset about something, and I'm just sitting there and telling them the other side of the story, that's not doing anything at all to help them. And and I've often. Um, at work, with friends, with my family, been called argumentative. I've always thought, not arguing, I'm just explaining 
this other point of view. <laughs> it's just like this is so powerful. And, and just looking at it from other people sometimes, yeah, they might be having a bad reaction where where they may be having an irrational reaction even. But, but yeah, thank you. That's just powerful. Thank you. Sorry about that. I didn't mean to jip you on the time. I apologize. So thank you to everyone that has shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour study immediately following closing. So our share ID today, Friday, June 25th, 2021, is 17,226. 17,226. We will now close with the reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by a serenity prayer. Will Joni C. please read a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Joni, star one, please. Is, is Elena C. there? Now? There you go, Joni. Oh, okay. You got okay. Thank you. Uh, This is Joni C. from Minnesota, Gratefully Recovered. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Thanks.